You're tuned in to Let's Talk Good Business, the show that's designed to feature the emerging identity of social entrepreneurs, activists, philanthropists, and other creative change makers. Join our host, Dr. Dion Mahaffey, as she explores the strategies, leaders, and new markets that are driving the evolution of conscious good business. Hi, this is Dr. Dion Mahaffey. Thanks for tuning into our show. Today we'll explore lessons from Wall Street for a winning attitude. Now everyone wants to be successful, but not everyone is prepared with the right attitude to gain success. In the book, Gordon Gecko CEO, the authors talk through various scenarios one will face as they seek success. So whether you're starting your own company or seeking advancement and recognition with your current employer, this book will prepare you to face the various challenges with the right attitude and actions that yield success. Today's guest is Doug Hess, one of the book's co-authors. He will share outstanding advice regarding steps one should overcome, and he will share outstanding advice regarding the steps one should take to overcome obstacles, how to seize opportunities, and how your success benefits others. Welcome, Doug. Thanks for coming on the show today. Thank you for having me. Um, it's a pleasure, and I'm looking forward to today's uh, talk. Well, let's just jump right in. Give us some additional background about your book and yourself. Sure. I'll tell you a little bit about myself. Uh, for um, the last 10 years, I've been in uh, sales and marketing, working for a nonprofit financial organization. And uh, besides that, I do a little adjunct teaching on the side uh, for some of the local colleges and universities that uh, surround us. So I keep pretty active and busy with those two, um, with those two um, uh, functions. A um, little bit about the book. Um, I think um, several, hopefully your listeners are very aware of the movie Wall Street back in 1987 that featured Michael Douglas and uh, Daryl Hannah and Charlie Sheen. And uh, Michael Douglas played Gordon Gecko, who was a corporate raider, kind of win-at-all-cost attitude to get what he wanted um, in, in terms of financial gain. And so Dave and I kind of looked at that, and we really were big fans of the movie Wall Street. But what we wanted to do was kind of flip it a little bit and put a more positive spin on it and say, you can have and be very successful, but you don't have to have that backstabbing, cutthroat, win-at-all-cost attitude and still be successful. Okay, and, and, and I, I, I'm familiar with the movie. I think one of the themes of the movie, you know, was greed, and I'm glad that you mm -hmm. clarified that you, you, didn't have to, you don't have to achieve these dreams through greed. So how did the book come about, and how did you decide who to team up with to write the book? Sure, you know, that's, that's really a, a great question, interesting question. Matter of fact, uh, Dave and I are, are colleagues and, and really good friends, and one day out of the blue, he called me and he said, hey, Doug, I have a extra ticket for a Get Motivated seminar, would you like to go? And I said, Dave, I'd love to. And so I traveled over to Dayton, Ohio, where the function was going to be at. And if any of your listeners are familiar with the uh, Get Motivated seminar, it's where they really bring in all these motivational speakers at a very high level, names that everybody would know. Uh, the day we happened to be there, Bill Cosby spoke, uh, uh, Terry Bradshaw, Steve Forbes, uh, Rudy Giuliani, uh, Colin Powell. So they had a lot of uh, big-name speakers there. And during one of the breaks where they were rotating speakers in and out, I remember standing up and uh, looking over at Dave, and I said, you know, Dave, I got this idea for a book. And I kind of told him quickly what I was thinking. And at the time, I didn't know if he was just really motivated and, and psyched uh, and, and really excited because of all the 
uh, motivational speakers we were listening to that day or if you really thought it was a great idea for a book. But that's really where, where the idea came from, and, and it really was in that setting that it really kind of fired us up to really zone in on something that we thought was, was an idea. And luckily, a publisher thought that uh, it was a great idea as well, and so here we are today talking about the book. That's awesome collaboration. Now, in the book, you say every dream has a price. What do you mean by price? Yeah, you know, a lot of times people look at that as a financial price. If somebody's going to ask them to write a check, especially when they're starting a business or, or in that business. But we talk about, especially in the book, that price can be mean so many different things. And one of the examples that we we talk about in the book is an example would be somebody that is getting ready to go back to college maybe to get a degree because they want to advance their career or maybe get a promotion or get a better job and be able to afford for their family. Now, when they do that, they have to sit there and ask themselves, especially if they have children, I might be missing some basketball games, some swimming, some practices, a lot of different events in order to achieve this dream, and that's getting a college education that's going to hopefully help advance their career, take care of their family. And so really coming down to a price, it's not a financial price, it's really an emotional price, uh, and that's something that's got to be answered a little differently for everybody. A uh, decision that I might make might be different from the decision that maybe perhaps you would make in that situation, and really knowing what type of sacrifice are you going to make in order to achieve your dream? And some of those can be very hard um, sacrifices uh, to decide if it's worth it. Are you going to go for the short term in order to benefit for a long-term goal? Uh, are you going, or are you going to make sure you be at every ball game and then put that off and achieve your goal, your dream later on? And you know, So really coming down to what type of sacrifice, what type of price are you willing to pay in order to achieve your dream. Now, in the movie, since you know the book is titled after one of the characters, the primary uh-huh. character of Wall Street, and one, of, as I said earlier, one of the you know the most commonly, you know, quoted, off quoted, mm-hmm. um, you know, lines from the movie is that greed is good. I mean, that was the mantra of Gordon yep. Gecko. Now, this show's mantra is doing good and being good, and how they're connected, and, and that's what we implore our listeners to do is to be good and to do good. Now, as a, psych- as a secular psychological concept, greed is, you know, an inordinate desire to acquire or possess more than one needs. So wh- mm-hmm. what made you name the book after Gordon Gecko, and how do you clarify, um, you know, the concept of greed versus what you posit in your book as in terms of some of the goodness that you have in the book? How do you, you know, sure. overcome the perception of greed is good in the book? Right, and that's an excellent question, and that's something that Dave and I, we talked about right from the beginning. It's something that we didn't actually shy away from. We actually embraced, because I said, how can you write a book about Gordon Gecko or having Gordon Gecko in the, the title and not title a chapter, which is chapter 8, Greed is Good? And so we looked at that, and we said, all right, here we got where greed is good from a negative standpoint. Can we look at greed is good and put a positive spin on it? And actually, we think we did, and so we, we, we didn't shy away from it. If anything, we really embraced it and tried to wrap our arms around it. And what we talk about is greed is good. You know, greed can be a good thing. As a matter of fact, anybody that works for somebody or has a job or even has a dream, you, you want to be successful. You want to be able to achieve that. And so some of the examples that we give in the book is 
take somebody that is a multimillionaire, perhaps a multi-billionaire, and they are very successful, and they might have several homes that need to be taken care of. They might have a, a plane. They might have yachts, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, properties that need to be taken care of. And by their success, that also benefits somebody else that they can be successful too. That actually employs jobs. So uh, when a company comes out and they say, we're going to add 200 new jobs or we're going to add 1,500 new jobs, well, their greed is good because it's benefiting somebody else. And so what we really looked at and said, you know, just because somebody is successful doesn't make them a bad person. I think so many times that society has actually painted success as a negative thing. And so what we wanted to do was just do the opposite and say, you know what, don't be ashamed of being successful. Be proud of it because what you're doing is helping others and benefiting others. Now, we can also look at that and say that, yes, there's some people that are, are very greedy and, and their success and they keep all their money to themselves. Well, there's nothing we can do about that. But just because a company or organization is successful doesn't necessarily mean that's a, a bad thing or a negative thing. That's actually helping others. They're paying taxes. The community benefits. So I think it's a win-win um, situation for everybody around. So from your perspective, greed is simply just a markedly high desire to achieve greatness. I think that's how I, I looked at it when I read that chapter in your book. Mm -hmm. I said, well, they're just redefining greed as the high, from the high desire concept, but not for coveted, you know, not to covet anything or for avarice, right. or, but just for notable pursuits to have the things and to be the best that you can be and to help those around you become better. So that's what I took from it. And I thought that it was a great way that you guys, you know, repositioned that quote from the movie that greed is good. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And like I said, I think so many times that success gets a black eye. And that's something that, you know, Dave and I were, were very uh, – aware of and something that, that we said, you know what, being successful is not a bad thing. That's what we all inadvertently achieve or want to achieve is success and be good at whatever we do, whether it's writing books or shooting hoops or making widgets. We all want to be good and we want to be successful in that. And, and there's nothing inherently wrong with that. And I agree, and I thank you so much for sharing everything that you've shared this segment. We're going to take a break shortly, and when we come back, we'll talk about success. We'll talk about that more and allow you to expand on the concept of, you know, how an individual's success requires the help and the inclusion of others around them. And we'll talk about other things from the book because I really enjoyed it, and I think our listeners will gain a lot of valuable insight from reading it. The title of the book is Gordon Gecko, CEO, and I'm on with one of the co-authors Doug Hess. We're going to take a break and we will be right back. Don't touch that dial. We'll be right back with more information on how to be and how to do good business.
everybody, it's Dr. Dion, and we're back, and we're on with Doug Hess. He's the co-author of Gordon Gecko. What we've been discussing is how to use some of the tactics and, and ways of Wall Street to ensure your individual success. Now, at the top of the hour, Doug discussed how every dream has a price, and he defined what price means. So, Doug, if you'll recap that again, just in case anyone's tuning in, I think that that was valuable information, and I wouldn't want anyone to miss that. Sure. When it comes to a price, it's not necessarily a financial price asking somebody to write you a check for X, Y, Z, but it's really price in this case is sacrifice. What type of sacrifice are you willing to, to make? What, how high of a price are you willing to pay in order to achieve your dream? And what's great about that is that price is going to be set differently for everybody. And so really just finding out yourself and really being honest with yourself of how high you're willing to go or what type of a sacrifice you're willing to make in order to achieve that dream is, I think, a very crucial and important role uh, in building one's success. Now, now, just to segue into my next question, I mean, that was perfect, and thanks for recapping for those that are just tuning in. What You mentioned success, and we've been talking about success, and, of course, that's the theme of our show today. What role do others play in an individual's success, and do you think it's necessary to include others? You know, I, I really do, and I think in today's society, we feel like we have to do it alone. And if we can't do it alone, then we're considered weak, and et cetera. And I, my personal opinion, I know Dave's is as well, is that you need others to help you along the way. And what we mean by that is, first, and probably the most important in my view and in my opinion, find a mentor, somebody that you look up to, that perhaps has been through this journey before, maybe starting their own business or went to college or whatever that, that journey, whatever that uh, journey that you're getting ready to make, find somebody that has been through that and then pick their brains, talk to them. Uh, let them tell you a little bit about what they did, maybe some, perhaps some of their shortfalls, uh, things that they wish they would have had done different. Now, I might hear saying that everything's going to be a copy carbon of, of their life to yours? No, but it kind of gives you an idea what to watch out for, uh, perhaps some mistakes that they made that they wish they would have done better, and then turn that into a, a more positive situation for yourself. So I'm a huge fan of going out, seeking counsel, if you will, finding that mentor, and um, pick their brains. And I think that if you find the right person, they're, they're, they're going to actually embrace that because they want to see you succeed as well. And so I, I think I, – I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I'm saying that's great advice because mentoring is definitely critical um, to ensuring success in any area of life. So thank you for sharing that. And, you know, I, I think that's very valuable information. Yeah, and, and I, I think so many times we feel like we have to do it ourselves. And I think that's just the wrong attitude to take and, and the wrong vision to have. Um, you know, coming up with an idea and just having the, the desire, the goal to achieve it is awesome. I mean, you don't, you don't know how many people that have an idea and they're afraid to take that first step. They're afraid to go out there and venture on their own. And I think that's half the battle, Giving over, getting over your fears, making sure that you have that first step in place and taking that journey. Second thing is find that mentor. Help you along in the process. Um, 
I don't care what you're doing, whether you're going back to school or starting a business from scratch, you need somebody there, like I said, not only for uh, moral support, but everybody needs a, a cheerleader along the side of the line that says, you know what, you can do it because I don't care what business or what you're doing in life, there's going to be great days that we feel like we're Superman and we can do things by ourselves. But I hate to say it, but there's going to be a lot of days when we're going to be down in the dumps. And we don't know if we're going I to be agree. able to. I agree. And I think. Yeah, and, and so many times, like I said, we just need that, that cheerleader along, along the sideline that's going to uh, get, us, get us to that next level. Because so many days we're going to have some great days where we think we're going to be able to conquer the world and we're, we're just on fire and we can't do anything wrong and we're excited. But I hate to say it, there's going to be probably more days when we want to give up, where we don't feel comfortable in the process because everything's going wrong. And that's life. That's going to happen. And so we need that cheerleader along the side that says, you know what, you can do it. You're going to do this. And a lot of times we just need that moral support, somebody to give us a kind word or, if nothing else, just there with us, just sitting there with us going, you can do this. This is you. This is what you wanted. And so um, a mentor can be many different things. We can pick their brains, but they can also be a great cheerleader for us along, along the way. I agree. And, and listeners, if you don't have a mentor and you, you're unsure about how to find one, you know, you can always try SCORE, which is a free service that's provided for small businesses at SCORE.org. And on SCORE, you can sign up to get mentored in your area by executives who have retired and who volunteer their time to help ensure the success of others. It's a government-funded entity, so I think that it's definitely a great resource if you don't have a personal mentor or anyone in your inner circle. I think that's great um, information that Doug has been sharing, and again, his book is Gordon Gecko, CEO, and he will give us information, um, you know, at, shortly about how you can purchase the book. Now, Doug, there's a, a title, a chapter titled "The Most Valuable Commodity is Information." What makes information so valuable? Well, because how many times have we heard the old saying, "Information is power," and I think so many times that we think that money is power, uh, having all these precious items is power, it's a status, but really it all comes back down to knowledge. And um, something that, that, that Dave and I are, are big fans of is saying you can't have too much information. That's where you're going to make your decisions. That's where you're going to base things on. You're going to analyze things. You're going to think about it. You're going to really make those tough decisions based on information, probably not so much influenced by the money and some of the other things that are out there, but having the information making sure that you have the latest up-to-date um, items in your hand. I could have all the money in the world and make a bad financial decision because I don't have the right information. And so sometimes when we go to conferences or we're out talking to clients, some of the best information we receive is not when we're talking to a, great, uh, to a large audience, but a lot of times we're out there pressing the flesh, shaking hands, having a cup of coffee in the hallways, uh, or, or just sitting down having a cup of coffee with somebody where we can go one-on-one. And they're, because naturally people like to talk, and they like to talk about themselves. And you can get a lot of great information out of somebody that's not top secret, but you can really learn and pick somebody's brain by just getting to simply talk, starting a conversation, because most people like to talk um, about themselves, about their success, 
you'd be surprised what you can find out by just talking to somebody. Yeah, that's true. Now, um, I, I know that you give a lot back to your community, and you, you're out mentoring and talking to those mm-hmm. that are around you and those that you encounter. And as you're aware, our show's mantra is do good and be good wherever you are. So what drives you? We've been talking about, you know, being good and how to be successful, but let's, let's sort of segue into doing good. What drives you to contribute and to give back? You know, I, I, I really think that that's just a duty that we all have is to give back. You know, when you're when you're successful and not just financially successful, but just in successful at, in whatever, you have to give back, and we have to set the bar for the next the next group. Uh, my wife and I we do a lot of work uh, with our local uh, youth. Uh, we run the youth uh, local youth uh, soccer organization, uh, and I'm involved in some other things with the um, with the local youth. Because they are the, you know, we we say you hear this all the time that they're the next leaders, that they're the they're the next generation, future leaders, the doctors or the uh, lawyers, et cetera. And that is so true. And if they don't have a great foundation or a solid foundation early, they're going to be playing catch up, and they may never be able to get caught up to where they need to be. And so, just having a great foundation, setting the the foundation so early in somebody's life, I, I'm just a big fan of it. I, I think it's so important. Uh, to be able to set that foundation early because once you set that foundation, it's going to stay with them for the rest of their lives. And that's going to make them a better, productive citizen long term. And I would rather invest in the beginning than trying to have to invest more and more and more when somebody's 18, 22 because it's going to take a lot more time and energy in order to connect with that, that individual. That is so true, Doug, and and thank you for for sharing that. I mean, it's very important, as you mentioned, to give back to your community in some profound way, and it's definitely aligned to business success. We know that most businesses that give back, you know, their community becomes endeared to them, and they're interested in supporting them because of the things that they see them impacting in, you know, their area for the common man, if you will. So thank you for all that you're doing in your community to give back, and we really appreciate you for encouraging our listeners to do the same. Now tell us how we can get in touch with you if someone wants to buy the book or just to engage you in conversation. What is your website? Yeah, well, we have a Facebook page. It's just Gordon Gecko CEO. Uh, we're also on Twitter as well, and um, we have a lot of people that uh, leave us messages uh, on our Facebook page, Dave and I are both active. Um, we both monitor and, and respond personally uh, to any questions that we have um, out there. The, people can buy our books actually right from our uh, Facebook page. There's an app out there. Uh, you can go to Amazon, Books a Million, Barnes and Nobles, um, and, and buy it as well. But um, So there's several different ways that somebody can get a hold of us. Awesome. So everyone, if you go to Facebook.com and then just search on Gordon Gecko CEO, the book, you will find it. And if you need more information, you can visit our website at TalkGoodBusiness.com, and we will have it listed there. So we're going to take a break, and we will be right back for our next segment. We'll talk more to Doug about how you can leverage the lessons from Wall Street for a winning attitude. Talk to you in a second. Don't touch that dial. We'll be right back with more information on how to be and how to do good business.
Hi, my name is Erin Udell, and I'm the founder and executive director of My Own Home Project. Um, I'm an operating room nurse. I live in Palm Beach County, Florida, and um, I do the angel tree every year in the Gardens Mall. And one year, I um, picked an angel off the tree, and it was a young man who was exiting foster care that wanted dishes and pots and pans and glassware and all the stuff you need to start your life. So I did some research and found out that when they leave foster care in Palm Beach County, traditionally they would leave with a garbage bag with their personal belongings in it. So that was the beginning of my own home project. And um, so we work with the Department of Children and Families, ChildNet, Vita Nova, other groups, and we, um, we have distribution parties where kids come and they um, basically pick out all the stuff they need to start their lives. They just get everything you would give your own kids when they move out. I feel like maybe uh, this is a special, um, has special meaning for me personally because I was homeless when I was 15. And so I understand what it's like to be on the streets and not have anybody um, there to help you. Um, life is hard enough and these kids really are so strong and they're so appreciative. We're giving them, you know, a sense of dignity and we're giving them a sense of ownership, pride and ownership, and, um, and we're giving them a home. It's not an empty apartment, it's their home. It's all theirs, it's all new, no one's ever owned it but them. Uh, the implications are really great um, because if you don't have a home, what do you have? I'd like to introduce you to Shannon. She's a foster child from uh, Palm Beach County who was aged out of foster care. She's going to share her story with you. And she was a recipient of a distribution party from My Own Home Project. My name is Shannon. I'm 18 years old. And I aged from the foster care system January 3rd, 2014 in Palm Beach County. I ended up in foster care. Uh, I was in and out my whole life as a baby. And as I got older, um, my grandma took custody of me and my two brothers. I don't know my father and my mother. She, she couldn't take care of us because she does drugs. I know my grandmother and she took care of me and my brothers for about a month or so. She ended up calling DCF because she couldn't take care of us. And like it was really hard and my brothers weren't like contributing. They were much older, they're eight years older than me. And the, the group home, it was, it was hard because everyone already had all their friends and it was just like I was I wasn't very social to anybody to anybody so it was like I didn't feel wanted there so I'd run away a lot but I would run away to my grandmother she wouldn't report me she'd keep me there for a few days but then like she'd have to let me go back I felt so alone because when every kid would have their visitations I would call and my grandma would tell me she was coming and she never came. Aging out of foster care was very exciting for me because I was very excited to get out on my own. I thought I could do better than everybody who was around me. Being like, can I get out, can I get out? And finally when it did come, it was hard <laughs> because like life isn't what you think it is when you're a kid. Like you think it's just, oh, just go get a job and then you'll be rich. And it's not like that. And like you have to work very hard and it's hard to do it alone because no one's there to support you when you need it the most. My own home project, that helped me to give me um, a sense of belonging. 
when I was when I did get my own house because it gave you like every necessity that you needed. I went home wanting to go home for once and it wasn't like I didn't want to be there. And I just put it all in a room and I didn't think anything about it. I went in the living room and I sat on the floor <laughs> and I was just like, wow, it's so empty. It's like, I didn't want to be there. I'm thinking about where can I go? And then I remembered I had all this stuff and I went out and packed and they gave you like homey stuff too, like candles and like things just to make you like, oh, I have stuff. <laughs> like, it looks cute. That's what I did and I unpacked everything and it really made a difference. Currently, I'm enrolled in college at Palm Beach State, and I'm doing prereqs, and I'm on my own. I'm thinking about going in the nursing field or radiology. I think that my own home project is a great organization, and I think that people should donate so that other kids who are in my shoes could experience something that's going to change their lives. My Own Home Project is an all-volunteer 501c3 nonprofit in Palm Beach County, Florida. We're helping foster children one child at a time. Won't you please consider helping these kids on their journey to adulthood and independence? Everybody, welcome back. And if you've been listening, you know that we're speaking with Doug Hess right now, who's the author of Gordon Gecko, CEO. And his book really dis discusses how you can leverage the lessons from Wall Street um, to help you achieve success and to help cultivate a winning attitude. Now, we've discussed the price of success, finding a mentor and a team to help you achieve success, and how the community involvement of yourself or your company impacts your success in a positive way. So, Doug, now we've talked about attitude briefly, but can you tell us how the right attitude prepares you to face the challenges needed to achieve success? Sure. You know, um, we feel that the proper attitude really reflects the direction in which you want to take as an individual. I mean, each and every one of us faces obstacles, sometimes daily, uh, weekly, monthly, yearly. So everybody has obstacles that we have to, to deal with and contend with. Some of them are big, some of them are small. But as long as we have prepared the right attitude, we can turn those obstacles into challenges or challenges and really turn them into, into great learning uh, opportunities for us. And what we need to do is figure out when we come to an obstacle or we come to a challenge, it's not to stop. But we have to figure out how are we going to go over it, under it, around it, through it. How are we going to get past that, that obstacle, past that challenge that, that's laid uh, before us? And I think so many times, a lot of times, we don't know. And so if we don't know, we just give up. Um, in the process. And so that's where we were talking a little bit earlier in another segment. It's so important to have that mentor. So when you do come to a challenge or you do come to an obstacle that you're unfamiliar with, you've got somebody there that's not only that cheerleader, but it's going to be that mentor and go, oh, yeah, when I first started out or when I was XYZ, 
I've experienced something very similar to this. This is how I handled it. Uh, or it's just another, uh, another head that you can um, have with you to help you figure something else. Uh, figure something out in terms of how we're going to go around, over, under, or through this obstacle or challenge that, we, that you're facing. Uh, so even if your mentor hadn't experienced something like that, you know, what's the saying? Two heads are better than one. So just having somebody else to be able to uh, piggyback on ideas off of or to pick somebody's brain or just to talk through the process, sometimes we just need reassurance of what we're doing. So I think by having those uh, obstacles, and having that right attitude, we're prepared to, to face those as not a defeat, but just another bump in the road. Uh, wow, that's amazing. And all of this is covered in the book, by the way, and I really enjoyed reading it. Now, in the book, you also have, you know, the steps outlined that you should take when you meet these obstacles and also when opportunities arise. Can you walk us through that process as well? What are the steps? Sure. You know, there's really eight, and, and basically how we wrote the book is, they're based on the different chapters. So chapter number one was really talking about, you know, every dream has a price, and that really boils down to sacrifice. Before you start, you've got to, to determine what type of sacrifice are you willing to make. And it really comes down to that. If you're not willing to pay the price, uh, make the sacrifice, then, then really your heart's not in it. So I, I think when it comes to, to determining what type of sacrifice you're willing to make, to me, it's saying, is your heart in it? And it's giving yourself that little test to say, am I really up for the challenge? And even though nobody's really going to know how much or how big of a challenge it is until we get in, into the process, I mean, we might think that we're ready and then not really realize until we're well into the process that it was a little bit more than, than we needed to bite off at the time. But are, you know, is your head in the game? Are you willing to make that sacrifice? So step number one, I, I think, really talks about sacrifice and are you ready to do that. Number two really comes down to money never sleeps. Uh, that's a, a really a theme that was in the movie Wall Street. And really what that means is work hard, not sit on your laurels. laurels. So really getting out there, making sure that you're, you're going to be working hard, you know, every day because, you know, the success of you is going to depend on, oh, yeah, you, you alone um, in that process. So making sure that you get up and you work hard and you're not taking your eye off the ball, that's so important. Number uh, three really is talking about seeking information. You know, going out, making sure that you seek information uh, because like we talked about in the last segment, we can have all the money in the world, but if we don't have good, solid information to make our decisions on, the money is meaningless. We could be throwing it down a rat hole in the process. So making sure that we have good information out there. Four, stay hungry. You've got to stay hungry in the process. And if you're not hungry, really I think you need to step back and reevaluate the process. But you always have to stay hungry. You know, what's that carrot that's going to be dangling out in front of you, uh, that goal that you're achieving? And for me, I always have to make it to where it's just out of reach where just when I think I'm getting ready to, to grab the goal, that carrot gets just a little bit farther. To me, that motivates me to, to keep going on a day-to-day -day basis. Um, number five really is not to be afraid to go after the big, the big guys. Um, not being afraid um, to go after the big clients. You know, having what it takes to roll the dice and say, you know what, even though company XYZ is the big boy, I, I'm going to go after that. I, I want to get that account, or I want, I want to achieve that, 
So really, you know, having what it takes to, to go after the, the big guys out there. Number six, uh, guard your emotions. And I think this is where all of us, and I'm talking about myself uh, included from time to time, this is where some of us get tripped up in the process because we don't want to, we don't guard our emotions. We get an emotional attached to something, and sometimes it's best to let things go, but we can't because we're too uh, emotionally tied up in it because we felt like we've spent the last year and a half doing X, Y, Z, and we can't leave it because we've already uh, bought into it, maybe perhaps financially, but also emotionally. And what we're saying is sometimes you have to, a lot of times you just have to take your emotions out of it. And that's easier said than done in the process. Uh, number seven, perks. Sometimes you just got to reward yourself for some hard work. You know, it can't always be sacrifices. Every once in a while, you got to give yourself a little perk. And it doesn't necessarily have to be a financial perk that uh, you're rewarded. Maybe it's just a little time off. Uh, maybe it's a vacation. Whatever that case might be, you know what you like. And so make sure that you feel that hunger um, and give yourself a little bit of reward for your hard work. Now, it shouldn't be something that's done all the time. Because then we, you know, say, oh, I woke up today, or, hey, I came to work today. Well, I should get a reward. No, that's <laughs> yeah. what we're obligated to do. But we have to make sure those perks or rewards are big things out there. You know, in the last last F8, you know, we talked about greed is good, uh, the famous speech from Gordon Gekko in the movie Wall Street. And you know what? Like we talked about in the first segment, greed is not necessarily a bad thing because when I think of greed, I think of success. And as long as you are helping others along the way, I think you're doing the right thing. Right. And as we clarified, when you're speaking of greed, you're not talking about avarice. You're talking about having a high desire for success or Absolutely. for doing good. So now, now, with all of that said, how do you stay on course? Tell our listeners what they can do to stay on course. You know, sometimes that's, that's the hardest thing is trying to stay on course is keeping your eye on the ball. Uh, stay in focus um, in, in terms of that. And so one thing is just to stay hungry. And you know what it's going to take. Everybody's a little different in, in the process. Sometimes what I, I like to tell clients or when we're out speaking is don't become so obsessed with what you're doing that that's the only thing. Not only are you going to have a high burnout, but sometimes you just got to walk away from the process because what's going to happen is you, you're going to get so emotionally tied up in the process sometimes you lose focus. Something that is so obvious that you shouldn't be doing or something so obvious that you should be doing gets lost in the process because you're too emotionally attached to it. And so sometimes walking away, maybe for a day, a week, whatever that might be, is not necessarily a bad thing. But I, to me, that kind of keeps that hunger, that keeps that motivation out there. Uh, power down a little bit. That's what we talk about in the, in, in the book. You don't have to power off. You just need to power down and make sure that you get uh, energized and recharged because if not, you're going to get zapped pretty quick in the process. That's awesome. So, guys, I mean, Doug has shared so much with us today, and we've discussed the price of success, finding a mentor and a team to help you achieve that success, how the community involvement impacts the success of yourself as a person and your business, how you can overcome the obstacles by identifying and seizing the opportunities, embracing high achievement, and looking at greed from the perspective of high desire to achieve more and to do more for you and for those around you. You can get all of this 
this and more in his book, Gordon Gecko CEO. And in the book, he chronicles this and as well as other lessons from Wall Street that you can achieve, that you can review to help you with a winning attitude. So I thank you, Doug, for coming on the show today. You've already told our listeners that they can find you on Facebook by just searching for Gordon Gecko CEO, the book, as, but also provide um, some information. You said that you're on Twitter. What's the Twitter handle? And if there are any other social channels or website, um, go ahead and share that information at this time. Sure. It's um, at Gordon Gecko CEO. And what we like to do is we, we like to throw out a lot of uh, motivational quotes out there when it comes to um, our Twitter account. Um, or if we see a, an article, we'll, we'll repost that. But um, I'm, I'm, we're big into motivational quotes because um, I think you can learn a lot from others by studying others. And that's where, where I get a lot of the, uh, my inspiration from is really going out and studying others, making sure that I'm just not so stuck on myself in the process and seeing my world that um, I, I'm just a big fan of going out and studying others because there's so much you can learn um, in that process. Awesome. So guys, go out to Twitter, and it's at Gordon Gecko, And Gecko is G-E-K-K-O, Gordon Gecko CEO. If you've never seen the movie, it's definitely worth watching valuable lessons if you can get beyond the greed is good concept and reapply it to something you know um, that matters to you, not just the achievement of wealth, but the achievement of prosperity that helps mankind. I'm Dr. Dion, and you know here on Let's Talk Good Business, our mantra is, do good and be good wherever you are. So we'll talk to you guys next week, and thank you again, Doug, for coming on the show and for sharing all this valuable information with our listeners. Thanks, guys. Thank you for listening. Tune in again for more information about the emerging social enterprise. You can also visit us on the web at talkgoodbusiness.com. Hi, my name is Erin Udell, and I'm the founder and executive director of My Own Home Project. Um, I'm an operating room nurse and I live in Palm Beach County, Florida. And um, I do the angel tree every year in the Gardens Mall. And one year I um, picked an angel off the tree and it was a young man who was exiting foster care that wanted dishes and pots and pans and glassware and all the stuff you need to start your life. So I did some research and found out that when they leave foster care in Palm Beach County, Traditionally, they would leave with a garbage bag with their personal belongings in it. So that was the beginning of my own home project. And um, so we work with the Department of Children and Families, ChildNet, Vita Nova, other groups, and we, um, we have distribution parties where kids come and they um, basically pick out all the stuff they need to start their lives. You just get everything you would give your own kids when they move out. I feel like maybe uh, this is a special, um, has special meaning for me personally because I was homeless when I was 15. And so I understand what it's like to be on the streets and not have anybody um, there to help you. Um, life is hard enough and these kids really are so strong and they're so appreciative. We're giving them, you know, a sense of dignity and we're giving them a sense of ownership pride and ownership and um, and we're giving them a home it's not an empty apartment it's their home it's all theirs it's all new no one's ever owned it but them uh, the implications are really great um, because 
If you don't have a home, what do you have? I'm going to introduce you to Lewis. He is a foster child from Palm Beach County. He is aged out of foster care and he's going to share his personal story with you. He was a recipient of a distribution party from My Own Home Project. Hello, my name is Lewis. I'm 18 and I aged out of foster care in Palm Beach County. I never really knew exactly what my parents were. Uh, my uh, mother at age four, uh, she tried to kill me and uh, later on abandoned me with my father where he went to jail and uh, I couldn't see him anymore. And uh, he was in jail for a long time, then later on ended up being deported. At age 12, I had to be an adult, you know, and so I was homeless on the streets, living in, in forests, at parks, under bridges, and it was very difficult for me. But at the age of 15, uh, DCF, uh, Department of Children and Family, ended up uh, catching up with me and put me in a foster home. And uh, well, that really changed my life because I had never been in a foster home, you know, and now I was with people who were trying to help me out. At 18, which I turned on December 10th of 2014, I aged out. I was uh, uncomfortable. I was scared. I was feeling lonely. I uh, needed help, you know, and I needed help with uh, uh, things like uh, pots and pans and, you know, stuff that belonged in the house. And uh, it may not seem like much, you know, but for an 18-year-old who just moved out of foster care, you know, that was a big necessity for me. I was feeling scared, didn't know what to do and anything until I ran into a uh, organization called My Own Home. I found out about My Own Home Project through uh, my caseworker that worked at the uh, Department of Children's and Family. I was uh, invited to a distribution party which uh, along with six other teens we uh, showed up and uh, they provided us with uh, blankets, pillows, migraines. Uh, it really made a big difference. This is where I am now. I am currently enrolled in uh, college and I am uh, taking general classes for now. But uh, my long-term uh, goal is uh, I'm actually planning and hoping I can become an officer in the military unit so that way I can uh, one day give back to this country. Uh, I currently have a part-time job. Um, really, it's more of a, I work night shifts so that way I could go to college during the days. And it's a, it's a struggle. It's all sacrifices being made by me. So my whole life, I really had to be self-motivated, which there was times where it was hard and there was times where I doubted in myself. But what kept me motivated was that, you know, I wanted to be different. You know, I, just, I didn't want to be just another statistic. Every time I hit a wall and uh, had doubts, I always asked myself, you know, what would future myself would say? You know, so I always kept struggling, always kept pushing forward. There's times where I needed help and organizations like my own home project was one of the organizations that really helped me out a lot. And um, me being a recipient, you know, this actually helps kids out. So I would appreciate if you can donate to my own home project. My own home project is an all volunteer 501c3 nonprofit in Palm Beach County, Florida. We're helping foster children one child at a time. Will you please consider helping these kids on their journey to adulthood and independence? 